0: on this computer
1: all right we're recording welcome on welcome all to season six or seven episode two of the Madero especial podcast again we don't know if it's season six or seven if someone can tell us in the chat let us know uh but we are back for episode number two after the first game week of the season a very exciting return to football as it were uh for the epl 2022 2023 season and today joining me to break it down is gonna be Jake Walerius, champion of two seasons, yonder, but alas, no longer has been usurped by our first guest, Connor, from last week. Jake, welcome to the podcast. Thank you.
0: Good to be here. How are you feeling today, sir? Pretty good. Um, not so great after Liverpool's awful performance last weekend, but hopefully they, uh, they get better this this week.
1: Yeah, you and me both, buddy. Uh, a rough weekend for any team in red, really, I would say. So if you uh, remember back to uh, old Ian Bergman's Two Shades of Red uh, red blog from college, that would have been a, a dour day for that blog for sure. Uh, but hopefully on to bigger and better things this coming weekend for Liverpool. Fortunately for Liverpool, uh, owning managers, a couple Liverpool players still doing all right last week. Darwin Nunez. Putting up 26 points in his full debut, and of course uh, our main man Mo Salah still putting up 22 and a half points for Liverpool. It's not, it's, it's not all lost, Jake. But I remember during the draft, you were saying that we had a couple players in our league who were really dependent on Man U players, and that one didn't go as well for them.
0: No, uh, to I think no one sensible's great surprise, Manchester United still have very serious problems with their team. I think there are still reasons to be optimistic that they'll be better than they have been um, or better than they were last season, just because that bar is so incredibly low. But there, you know, when you lose your first game of the season at home to Brighton, who have just lost two of their best players, and the immediate headline afterwards is that you're trying to buy a 33 year old Marco Ronaldovic from a mid table Bologna side in Serie A it doesn't really scream confidence in your attacking players, um, which probably doesn't spell great news if you own those players in fantasy.
1: No, certainly does not, Jake. Uh, Yeah. Mark Ardanovich news was, that was, that was something uh, for me. I've been listening to a couple of podcasts about it last week because I couldn't, I just couldn't really wrap my head around it, unfortunately. But, you know, that is the state of Man U at uh, at times like these. But more importantly, to the fantasy side, let's talk a little bit about your match. We do have to highlight, of course, we've had a couple of close matches between you and uh, the great Captain Holly over the years. A lot of them coming out narrowly in your favor. But on his birthday, he finally managed to turn it around and pipped you on that one. So talk me through what happened on your matchup against
0: Holly. A great uh, sort of traditional opening day fixture, I think. Me versus Holly. Um, this one, I'm happy to give him Happy Birthday, Captain. Well deserved. Um, I mean, as for my team, things started going wrong. I would say pretty much the moment that Trent put up 3.5 points against Fulham, uh, which is just not what you need from your uh, sixth overall pick and your your first round pick from the draft. Um, so that was that was bad. I'm not too worried about, about Trent longer term. Um, I, i you know, I think Liverpool were very bad last weekend, but I, I think that was most likely just a blip and they'll sort of be back to normal going forward. So I'm not too worried about Trent long-term for me, the bigger concern was first that uh, Matt Doherty didn't start. And second that Riyad Mahrez didn't start. Um, I think if I'm going to be, If my draft is going to turn out to be good this season, I need those guys to get a lot of minutes. Um, And I knew going into it, both of them are sort of question marks in terms of are they guaranteed starters? And you sort of are willing to take the risk because when they do start, you can expect them to do pretty well. Um, But it's always a pain in the ass to have a couple of relatively high picks who are just not regular starters. So that's kind of the bigger concern for me and, you know, guys just didn't perform that well, um, which is fine. That's going to happen. But like I said, the, the bigger issue is if you got key guys you're relying on who are just not going to start every week, that's that's trouble. As for Holly's team, um, you know, JWP, always reliable. Uh, Southampton got absolutely crushed. <laughs> oh, they did. But he still clips <laughs> up 23 points. I think Bruno Gomerash is an interesting one. Um, he got 13.5 points. I'm just looking at the matchup now. And um, – I, I don't really know what to make of this guy in terms of what kind of player he is. Um, I didn't expect him to be a great fantasy player, um, but you know, if he, if he does keep sort of getting forward in the way that he has, then um, that could be a nice pickup for him. Probably the most interesting thing for, for, from Holly's perspective is this Cucurella transfer. Yeah. Um, and I can't decide whether it makes him more or less valuable as a fantasy player. I guess ultimately it's going to depend on how often he starts. Yep. I, th- I think as of now, you got to think Chilwell is first choice at uh, that left wing back position. And that's Go ahead. Yeah, that that's where I was leaning to. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing is Cucurella can play left center back and then maybe if they want to rest Tiago Silva, which they probably will given his age, they can slide Coulibaly into the middle. And if Cucurella is playing left center back, fantasy value drops off. A decent amount um but the other thing is chelsea are just a better team than brighton and their wingbacks are more valuable than brighton's wingbacks so i guess it, it's there's a lot up in the air it, it could turn out really well for holly or it could be quite frustrating because a good player is now a guy who's not a guaranteed starter week to week so
1: that's yeah
0: 100 percent agree and, and the transfer itself kind
1: of felt like a head scratcher to me um overall i know they do need a little cover with marcos alonso wanting to leave but um signing a player for 70 million who's not going to be you know your guaranteed week-to-week starter uh felt a little little
0: strange to me for for chelsea the the price is crazy the price is really crazy but my my general rule of thumb is that transfer fees are pretty meaningless um so if we ignore that and just look at the squad cugarello is a guy who you can slot into two positions in their team and i think they maintain the quality that they have in their first 11 if not possibly improve it um i think guerrilla's you know young enough and talented enough that he could turn out to be a better option than chilwell so i like the player and i, I can and I, it seems i don't want to get rid of alonzo which is a good decision in my opinion so i if you ignore the fee um i think i think he makes sense as a signing i like him as a player
1: yeah, same here. We'll we'll see how that one does turn out for Captain Holly, but of course, uh gets the win in week number one uh on the 75 and a half points are uh before we move on to my matchup, lowest point total of the week was a 60.25 for George. Georgie, get going, baby. Lamb's gotta roast, gotta gotta have that. That Rams gotta Lamb's gotta be well done. And on the top end of the board, we did have uh Mr. Matt. Co-commissioner here with 125 points in week number one. So a pretty nice total for him. And now I'll move on to my matchup where I was playing uh the reigning champion in Connor Goodwin. uh and a little unfortunately for me, I lost by 20 odd points or so. It wasn't the worst week for my team, um, uh, but just a, a kind of a, a few weird things going on. Um, so obviously I think the Newcastle game went really well for me with both of the defenders putting up you know 15 or almost 15 points. Uh, and Callum Wilson scoring that very silky goal uh, to round out the uh, the play. But the most interesting game for me, and I think this is something we'll we'll get to, you know, on your end as well. The most interesting fantasy game for me of that entire week uh, was the Leeds versus Wolves game, uh, just because Wolves lost this game two one. And when you look across the board, right? I have Pedro Neto, he scored fifteen. But um, you look across the board at all the attackers: Morgan Gibbs White. Um, i like, you got um ruben neves uh leander dendonker all these players scored like 10 plus points last week jake and it was a really open game uh, against Leeds from a team that has traditionally been known for being pretty defensively solid and a little uninteresting at times
0: yeah i also think you've got a factor in the Leeds effect uh Leeds are one of the most wide open teams most high intensity pressing teams in the league but unlike you know city and liverpool they Don't combine that pressing intensity with the ability to, you know, keep 65% of possession every game. Um, And so you do see them fall into these wild end-to-end games pretty often. And that was a feature of uh, Jesse March's Leipzig and Salzburg teams as well. So I I, I mean, I sort of wonder how much of it is Wolves and how much of it is Leeds. Um, And in a sort of wide open game like that, guys like and Gibbs White and Neto are, are going to thrive. Um, in general, I'm, a, I'm not a huge buyer of Wolves this season. Um, I think they were not as good as their points total suggested last year, um, and I, I could see a bit of a decline. Um, but they have a, loads of talented players um and in a lot of ways if they're having to chase games and they are conceding more goals than they have in the recent past that may make their players more valuable in fantasy cuz you know they've got all these talented dribbling creative guys who are going to be having to chase games and try things and therefore probably produce fantasy points
1: yeah it could very well be the case they did they did roll out in a 4231 which was interesting to me considering they played so much three back uh, you know, under Nuno and then even a little bit under Log, uh, Bruno Laga last year, but or Laje, I'm, I'm butchering that name. Uh, but it was interesting to see the formation change. And now Connor Cody is gone as well. So we'll see if uh, they do give up a little more goals with Captain
0: Cody uh, on over to Everton. Well, I mean, I th- Cody leaving makes sense if you want to play a back four, right? Yep. Cody was a central midfielder for his entire career until he ended up with Nuno at Wolves. And he was able to convert to the back because he was playing in the middle of a back three. And it was sort of his distribution that made him valuable. Um, So I think that's actually a really good signing for Everton. Um, But, yeah, I I think the back four is going to be what we're going to get from Wolves this season. And, you know, losing to a Leeds team that are sort of widely considered to be relegation candidates is, is a great way to start.
1: Certainly not. Certainly not. Okay. I kind of highlighted the match that I was interested in this week. Jake, do you have a match, whether EPL wise, fantasy wise, or even both,
0: that stuck out to you this weekend uh, have, as being interesting? I, I have several. Uh, All right. The first one is Tottenham. Uh, and the reason it stands out to me is not that they scored loads of goals. I, I think Tottenham are going to be good this season. I think they're, you know, the people we, you know, the frontier, Three are all going to be good, as we expected. But they didn't start any of the new guys, and I have no idea what their starting eleven is going to be. Um, And so, you know, I mentioned this about Doherty earlier, but also Sessegnon started at left back. Reguillon is still in that team. I don't know if he's going to be sold or whatever, so I don't know about that. Um, That was a real question mark. We'll see how that plays out. Um, And the other game that stood out to me maybe not very interesting but uh city's win against west ham highland is going to score 20 million goals this season (laughs) unstoppable (laughs) i've never seen anything like it to be honest i mean i've seen highlights and stuff but just watching it live and like that i i'm so disturbed i i think city are going to win the league easily
1: This this is interesting because obviously we watched the Community Shield together uh, and he did not look that good. I mean, I think we all knew it was maybe an aberration and he won't play Liverpool every week. Right. Um, But you had some concerns about him going into the season. And now this one week later, you are uh, singing his praises pretty highly here, Jake.
0: Yeah. I mean, preseason doesn't matter. That's the first thing to say uh the second thing to say is you know a mayor i i did feel as though in that in that community shield game what concerned me was not that he didn't score or anything it was how little involved he was in the build-up um how few touches he got i think they had six touches at half in that game yeah right um but we saw the same thing against west ham and it just didn't matter And you've also got to factor in, okay, fantasy and real life are are different things. And City go ahead in almost every game they play. Teams have to come out at that point and try and get an equalizer, as West Ham did. The second goal that he scored was unstoppable. No one did anything wrong. Yeah, And it was as easy of a goal as you'll see all season. Um. I mean, the reason the game stands out to me is I just, I think, so it was what Salah went first, then KDB, and then Haaland went third. Yep. And I, you know, I, at the time of the draft, given what we knew, Salah and De Bruyne going first and second made sense, right? Because we're, we know what we're going to get with them. There's a lot of, we have a lot of confidence that they're going to perform at the levels that they've been performing at for, you know, five, however many years now. Um, and Holland was a bit of an unknown, but after watching that game, if we could go back in time, I wonder whether Holland would have gone first. I think I would have taken him first.
1: You're 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 asking me the 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 huge question here, Jake. Because that was my whole draft consideration going yeah, into the draft. Would, was am would, I picking KTV or Holland? That was literally have, my entire draft consideration.
0: Would you have switched?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I think I chickened out. I think I just should have done it anyway. Um, I think I just chickened out on draft day. I I definitely think I should have drafted him on draft day, even before the game. Um, and now I am regretting it even harder.
0: He's outrageous. I I, maybe I'm overreacting. I'm generally not the sort of person who overreacts, but I just he's the guy who screams out in practice had to be hit on like every volley. (laughs) That's an appropriate reaction. To, to the situation. But yeah, I don't know. I just, it's been a long time since I've seen a player that just scares me that much. And, and that's the thing, you know. You say as, as a Liverpool fan, it's like, okay, if anyone's gonna stop the City team, it's probably gonna be Liverpool. But, you know, and, and if if Liverpool plays City, you know, if there's one person in the world that can deal with that, it is Van Dijk. And I think Liverpool are better equipped to sort of stop City at the source than anyone else is. But the problem is Liverpool only play City twice a season. Uh, and against everyone else, you know, what's Thiago Silva going to do about that? He's a great player, but come on.
1: He's 38, yeah. I'm, game I'm over. not sure it's a His fair His
0: speed is like 15 meters per day. So, yeah, I'm very, very disturbed by how good he is.
1: That's a, a bad side for what else in the league. Um, Alec uh, can uh, can enjoy this one from Portugal as he is the, uh, if, the if proud you, owner. If
0: you, if you all are craving some banter, um, here is some some Alec related banter. We should oh? all right, we should all be grateful that Highland plays for Alec's man. <laughs>
1: Oh, baby. Okay, Alec. I, I hope I you hear you this. Try harder this season, Alec. Like, Alec, just remember, just remember, the first everybody for everybody, but Alec especially after this, the first waiver drop is tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. So please be checking your waivers, everybody, and figure out what you need after week number one. Uh, see if uh, Alec can can uh, take that very scary player and turn it into a very scary team overall. Um. All right, before we head on to next week, Jake, uh, looking at kind of the top 10 performers here, I'll rattle off some names here, and I want to see early on, based on what you saw, if you didn't see the games and you just want to say, you know, pass and pass, but, um, you know, are these players real or fake and how well they perform in week number one? And can we expect, even if it's not the same level of performance, something of that nature from them uh, going forward? So we'll start off with, uh the, we'll start off with the knife twist here uh mitrovich leading the league with 32 points
0: to start yeah i i i don't know i'm i'm not sold on Mitrovic. it's really really hard to overstate how bad liverpool were in that game uh fulham will play much much harder games this season um, which is very disturbing from a Liverpool perspective, um, but I would say no. Mitrović is is a good draft pick for sure. I think Ian got him pretty late as well, um, so I think he should be very pleased with his pick. But I don't think he's going to be a top ten player. Certainly, probably not even top, you know, thirty player. Um, it often happens that these teams come up and things are great at the start, and everything's new and exciting, and then once you know, November turns to December, turns to January. The wheels fall off. So, mm-hmm. um, I I I think it's a good pick. I think Ian should be very happy with it. But I, you know, he's not going to be the best player in the league. That's for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. But can can maybe expect to see similar types of performances going forward in the right situation potentially. Okay, we'll see. Moving on, Emerson Royale, real or fake? 21 and half points coming in at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelfth overall.
0: Yeah, I I think. Tottenham's wingbacks are an interesting one. I think they're they're going to be valuable. The question is, who are they going to be? I find it hard to believe that Emerson Royale will be the starter long-term. Maybe I'm just saying that because I want it to be Doherty because he plays on my team. But from what I've watched of Emerson Royale, he's an absolute knucklehead who cannot be trusted. <laughs> oh. So, i suspect that that's eventually at some point going to rub uh conte the wrong way and the other thing again you got to look at their opponent and southampton were absolutely awful so i you know tottenham's wingbacks are valuable the question is are they going to start long term i'm i'm doubtful that royale let's say if if I would say he's probably going to start less than 15 Premier League games this season, if I had to guess. But I'm not a close observer of Tottenham, so I'm not sure about that.
1: Okay, okay. I I like it. We'll we'll stick with wingbacks here, and we'll go with two of them, actually, uh, both in the top 20. First, your very own Kieran Trippier uh, and my, Matt Target, uh, the wingbacks for uh, Newcastle, putting up 21.25 and 17.25, respectively, in their first outing.
0: Yeah, I, I think, again, I, I'm, I'm, those point totals are not going to sustain themselves. Their first game this season was at home against Forest, right? Um, that's, a, that's a good matchup for them. Uh, but I do think they're both going to be valuable players. I think we've seen enough from this Newcastle side now to think that they're, they're just going to be a solid, reliable team. And we know that they're going to play a lot of crosses. Uh, Trippier is a slightly more, I think, of a sure thing than Target because he takes all the set pieces. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I like both of those players. Um, I think the real question – I'm relying on Trippier at this point, so I hope he keeps up. And based on what he did last season before he got injured for Newcastle, it seems like he's going to be a pretty reliable player. I think target you'd expect to drop off a bit um, because he, you know, of those two, he's less of the attacking outlet. Um, But uh, you know, I I like, I think Newcastle are going to be good, good value for fantasy points this year. So there's a lot of players in there. I
1: agree. I had them as my, my exciting team in uh, episode number one. So I hope that does continue for both of our sakes, apparently. Uh, Last two here. We'll go Alexander Zinchenko as the highest scoring Arsenal player on the week. Does that
0: last Jake? No. Uh, Well, actually, so Zinchenko is a really interesting one. Um, I liked his performance a lot. The question is, is he going to play as a midfielder or a left back once Tierney is ready to go? Tierney came on as a sub uh, against Palace on Friday and, you know, Tierney's a really good player. I like him a lot. If I was an Arsenal fan, I would. I, I spoke to my brother about this, who is an Arsenal fan. He wasn't entirely sure, but there's a real possibility that once everyone's fully fit, Tierney will be left back and Zinchenko will play center mid in Jack's position next to Thomas Partey. And if that happens, Zinchenko's fantasy value is going to drop off, I think, quite significantly. Um, that although to be fair, Jacquel is playing quite an advanced position against Palace. So maybe the sort of structure of the team has changed slightly. I also think the, the assist that he got, um, Zinchenko was I don't know. I can't see them scoring a lot of goals from Zinchenko being the guy peeling off back post and playing a header back across the box. <laughs> that just you know, that doesn't seem to me to be like a reliable. A source of assists which is obviously a big reason he got a lot of those points and i also don't know how often arsenal are going to keep clean sheets this season uh you know as Eze scores that chance that's what six eight fewer points for zinchenko six fewer for the clean sheet and two minus two for the goal conceded um so these sorts of things make a difference but uh yeah i would feel pretty good about having him on on my team right now it's definitely you know a nice first game for him
1: all right, last one here before we move on to next week. Literally any Bournemouth player over 10 points
0: after they beat Aston Villa 2-0? Yeah, I, well, so here's the thing about Bournemouth is I know nothing about them, and I'm not going to pretend to know anything about them. But every year, you know, even as terrible as some of these promoted teams are, and I still think Bournemouth will probably be pretty bad, someone on that team is going to have value right they're going to score some goals and someone's going to score those goals um so while i don't think that their performance last week should lead you know the entire you know well maybe you know alec try bidding all your coins for lloyd kelly uh, yeah that goes um but yeah so i mean i don't know i i i try to avoid picking People that I know nothing about and I know almost nothing about these Bournemouth players. But there's there's got to be value there somewhere, right? That someone each week for Bournemouth is gonna put up some valuable number of points. Um I don't I don't know who it's gonna be, <laughs> but it will be someone.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, we'll finish that uh segment here, pretender and uh the pretender segment. Before we go under the matchups, I forgot one thing. We had our first trade of the season, actually, between myself and Audi. So I'm going to give you, Jake, here publicly the first chance to potentially
0: okay. shit on me for this
1: trade. What do you think? Are there winners and losers, or is it actually a fair trade?
0: Let me – one sec. Let me pull up what it was. Um, I, I was shocked when I saw this. I was like, what? I haven't seen a trade in three years. So you got Perisic and Reese James – and you gave away Dan Byrne, Mason Mount, and Bernardo Silva. Yep. Okay. Uh, the first thing I would say is Dan Byrne is irrelevant. He's going to be a six points a game player. He's a he's a replacement guy, I think. Uh, so, essentially, it's Silva and Mount for James and Perisic. I like James the most of all of those players. Um, and I like... That's the thing. Perisic, though, now we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, I would lean that you won the trade because you got Reese James. And I think Perisic has a higher ceiling than Bernardo Silva. Um, just because... Silva, I think, is probably going to play mostly in that midfield three for Man City, and those I've owned Silva before when he's been playing in that position, and most of his role is just sort of like recycling possession keeping the ball, not really playing the sort of penetrating passes that get you fantasy points. Absolutely unreal player, but if he's playing that role that he has done for City the last few seasons, he's just not putting up huge amounts of points. Um, so I say that you won that trade, all
1: right. A a fairly measured response, though, from you. You didn't jump on it one way or another. So I say maybe not the
0: the worst thing in the world. Certain trades that may have taken place last season between Georgia and Connor that was
1: (laughs) (laughs) well, let's not break the trauma back. Okay, okay, we'll finally move on to next week. We got 10 matchups coming up this weekend Aston Villa versus Everton, Southampton versus Leeds, Arsenal versus Leicester City, Brighton versus Newcastle. Man City, Bournemouth, Wolves, Fulham, Brentford, Man United, Nottingham Forest, West Ham, Chelsea, Tottenham, and Liverpool, Crystal Palace to round out the week on Monday. Any of these matchups really jumping out at you, Jake? I mean, obviously, you know, the network's are going to be pushing the Chelsea Tottenham matchup really early on in the season. But is there anything fantasy wise that uh, you're licking your lips about?
0: Well, if, if I owned Holland, I would be licking my lips <laughs> playing Bournemouth at home. Uh, or Debrana for that matter I think uh, City players are going to have a good day Um, I do think the Chelsea Tottenham matchup is very interesting because it also both of those teams I think at this point we don't really know what their best starting 11 looks like and playing a rival this early in the season I mean to me they look like the third and fourth best teams in the league and playing each other this early in the season it's somewhat kind of maybe forces the managers to play what they think is their best 11. You know, this is not a time to fuck around with, you know, different variations. So maybe that will give us some clarity about who is actually going to be the, the starters for these, these teams. So that'll be interesting to watch. Um, other than that, um, A lot of non-lopsided matchups, I would say, um, which usually for fantasy makes things more interesting because you don't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when Man City play Bournemouth at home, you get whatever Man City players you can in your lineup. Um, But nothing else looks like a total one-sided contest. Brighton-Newcastle should be interesting. Wolves-Fulham should be interesting to see if Fulham are actually legit or whether Liverpool were just terrible last um week uh Villa Everton two teams that lost um that Everton actually thought looked decent um Villa are probably pretty annoyed with what happened there although I didn't see the game and then uh Man U's chance at redemption against Brentford um there yeah, we'll so should be day. an interesting weekend I don't see many like usually in fantasy I look for the lopsided games uh where a good team is playing a bad team or you know whatever but I don't see that many of them this week
1: yeah, just really the one standing out to me. I mean, uh, I guess if I'm looking at another one, maybe Liverpool-Crystal Palace, considering Palace didn't look that good uh, in their first game. Um, they yeah, were and
0: you pretty- also worry about, you know, did Liverpool just get themselves angry Yeah, home, first home game of the season, and they just unleash? Um, I think that, that game also, I think there's a chance we see Darwin start now. Um, Probably, yeah. Firmino did not play that well um not that anyone else did either but uh, uh yeah that that'll be interesting also well you know for those keeping an eye on the waiver wire i could see milner getting a start he was pretty good after he came on
1: hey, everybody loves a good milner start i'm sure andrew will be uh, licking his lips there on the on the on the waiver uh over in waverhampton i guess in this one match i'm excited to look at i, I want to watch this brighton newcastle match because i want to see these two teams look obviously you know i'm kind of high on newcastle i've always been a fan of how brighton plays and both coming off a big win i'm actually interested to see which one of those teams
0: uh, yeah that's a a good point i sort of think this season newcastle should be trying to do essentially what brighton did last season that seems to me like the natural step in their development um for me this season for newcastle is really about sort of consolidating a spot you know Somewhere between 10th and 8th, yeah. that would be good progress for them. And then following that, they can sort of try and push on for the European places. And right now, Brighton, uh, despite, I think, probably a talent deficit compared to some of the teams around them, are sort of leading the way in, in terms of how, how they play and stuff like that. Should be a fun weekend
1: before, before we go, got to highlight, of course, the fantasy aspect of it. So let's go through the matchups coming up, Jake, and let's have you pick one that you think you'll have your eyes on, or we could even uh, dub another one. Uh, we, we have uh, our, of course, our crappy code between myself and Holly somewhere in the league, but uh, we've got myself versus T we've got you versus, is this eight? A- oh, it's Alec. Okay. Change his name. Good work, Alec. Good work. We got a new name uh, in the league. Uh, we've got Andrew going up against Connor, Holly going up against Matt. Uh, we've got Ragov going up against, looks like that's not Audi. That is yeah, uh, Ian. And we've got Audi going up against George.
0: Yeah. Well, after I was shit talking Alec, I guess uh, me and him is now the grudge match. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Perfect timing. Alec, uh, I, I,
1: this is this is your chance, man. Slap <laughs> it. Oh, and he's got Holland into the board with the matchup, Jake.
0: Yeah, he should be awake at least in time for kickoffs since he's in Europe. So that, <laughs> that's in kind of the right direction. Um, no, there's no, there's no real. I mean, Holly Matt's is, you know, always a good time. Um, and I, I think, you know, in, in the second week, you're always, you know, first week of the season is always a bit of a, you know, we don't really know what's going on yet. Um, now's the sort of time where you you gotta you gotta start getting your team together you gotta start making the most of those waivers so everyone who lost including myself needs to get their shit together fast
1: there you have it from a from a former champion himself get your shit together quickly everybody the first waiver wire probably the most important one of the season maybe outside of of course the january uh transfer window so make sure you are paying attention tomorrow when those waivers do drop and look out for the games coming up this weekend best of luck to all of you. But with that, we'll be wrapping it up here for episode two. Jake, any final closing thoughts from you?
0: No. Good luck to everyone this weekend.
1: righty, You heard it here first. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Stay safe out there and best of luck to you in all of your matches. Farewell.